Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. One hour down, lots of pumpkins, lots of Halloween candy, lots of football, lots of orange. I'm wearing it. The Browns are sporting it. The Bengals took their orange and went back to their part of Ohio Definitely not Northeast Ohio, and they may not want to visit again anytime soon. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on the show. Thanks for hanging out with us on CBS Sports Radio. We've still got our poll up, the most miserable and mortified teams on Monday, because I love alliteration, so check that out on Twitter. A-Law Radio or on our Facebook page. And then we've also got our two, our double feature. I'm sporting orange. Uh, First, our Halloween candy, which I think that works so well in the week after Halloween. Maybe the weeks after Halloween, depending upon how much of a haul the kids came back with, you're going to have candy coming out your noses, out your ears. So maybe a good time to... Take a few steps on our stairway to seven and rank your Halloween candy. Uh, And then also our pumpkin carving just because. And what are you going to do with all those leftover pumpkins now? We had that choice. We had to make it. So on either Twitter or Facebook, plus our YouTube channel, I hope that you enjoyed your Monday. You survived your Monday. You did not leave cash in the machine at the grocery store and then walk away. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. Aaron Rodgers looks over the defense, puts Aaron Jones in motion. He wants to throw it. His pass is tipped, and it is picked off, intercepted by Matt Milano. At the 44-yard line, it is Buffalo ball. The pass was tipped as soon as it came out of the hands of Aaron Rodgers. Well, it was the capper. It was the Sunday night football game in Orchard Park, New York, that I suppose could have gone worse. (laughs) But people did not have a lot of hope for the Packers. And as it turned out, they trailed early. They trailed often. Were never really a threat against the Bills. And it turned into their fourth consecutive loss. That's Jim Murphy. John Murphy, sorry, on Bills Radio. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. We're pleased to welcome Andy Herman of the Packers report and pack a day podcast man there's a lot to flesh out with these green bay packers who are now at three and five and i thought about this for a while andy wondering how we could start this conversation so here it goes on a scale of one to ten where would you put the level of concern after these four consecutive weeks of losses for green bay yeah i would say it's probably somewhere around eight or nine and i think This week against Detroit, going to the Lions and and playing a team that's also struggling has the ability to potentially bring that to a 10. This is the first must-win game Green Bay's had in a very long time outside Mm. of obviously a playoff game, which makes it automatically a must-win game. Uh, But this is a must-win game for Green Bay, and they go in to their fifth stadium in five weeks, their third consecutive road game. They have a four-game losing streak. They had never 
Denver lost back-to-back regular season games in Matt LaFleur's tenure before this, and now they've lost four in a row. And there was, a, you know, they were just playing Buffalo and Buffalo and were down 24-7 uh, in that game. And, you know, while they kind of kept it a little bit close at the end, maybe made it a little bit more respectable, it, it was still an, a very easy Buffalo victory. So Green Bay is very much searching for answers. Uh, Rob Domovsky of ESPN just put out an article stating that there is, uh, you know, the, the players are starting to lose faith in the defensive scheme and are asking questions and if it's the right play call and things like that. So uh, it, it's it's maybe not like you said, completely panic hour, but it's getting very near close to that. And I would put it at an eight or a nine right now. Before we start to dissect the problems, looking back at their four consecutive losses, Giants, Jets, Commanders, Bills, I kind of worried that they would be a sacrificial lamb there in Orchard Park. Which of these losses do you think has been the worst one? I think Washington really felt that way because I think that's a game that everyone expected them to bounce back and sort of right the ship. And they just didn't. And they never really looked like themselves at all in that game. Like you said, Buffalo is sort of a sacrificial lamb and they never really were expected to win that game. But I I think Packer fans are also sort of smart enough and aware enough to be like, you know what, if if this was a good brand of football, you know, through eight games and they just happened to lose a couple fluke games here or there and they were somehow three and five. Yeah, I think there would probably be a little bit more faith where this team is at. Uh, but it was it's never really been about the record even when they were you know three you know, had their three wins early in the season uh, they they get crushed by Minnesota basically in that first game or kind of no show that game the, the Chicago game was okay they 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 played fine they beat a, a team in Chicago that wasn't playing very good football at that time either right. then you know they they barely beat Bailey Zappi and at the time who was making his first appearance as a backup quarterback uh, in Green Bay there was there was no point in this season where they played any game where you're like yeah that that felt like a convincing Packers victory no, in fact, it's more been quarters. The second quarter of the game against Chicago, which was their home opener on Sunday night, they scored, if I remember correctly, three touchdowns. And it felt like that was a shift toward what you would expect from Packers football with Aaron Rodgers. But otherwise, it's been a series here, a series there. At no point has it felt like they put together a complete game that really showcases what this team can do. No, completely. In Tampa Bay, the same thing, right? They go touchdown on the first drive, touchdown on the second drive, uh, take a commanding lead, have the opportunity to go down on their third drive and score again. And Aaron Jones fumbles on the goal line and then everything fell apart from there. And they were able to get out of that game uh, with a win, uh, but they didn't play you know, anywhere near the level that they did in the second half like they did with those first couple drives and the, the scoring that they showed in that and just the ability to move down the field on those first three drives. So you're absolutely right. There's been flashes on defense. There's been flashes on offense. There's been even flashes on special teams after their abysmal showing a season ago, uh, but they've not come close to playing complimentary football or putting together a, a full four-quarter game. And it really shows in, in not only the standings, but in the point production and uh, just where this team is sort of at right now on the season. Andy Herman is with us from Green Bay after the Packers fall to three and five. And now barely can see the Minnesota Vikings atop the NFC North standings. <laughs> it's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. The obvious question is why, and I know that's not fair or uh, a simple, easy answer, but why? Why is it gone so horribly wrong? Yeah, there's a there's a lot that goes into that. I think the first thing we just talked about, right, just not playing complimentary football. It just feels like when this, you know, the defense is struggling, the offense immediately goes three and out and puts it right back in the defense's hands. 
you know, when the offense is finally getting some momentum, it's all of a sudden the defense allows a 10 play 80 yard drive for a touchdown and takes all that momentum away. And just when you think the special teams is maybe going to be trending in the right direction, they allow a blocked field goal. They allow a blocked punt return for a touchdown, another low snap at the end of this game, which leads to a missed field goal. Uh, just those sort of things have been really plaguing Green Bay. And, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers has mentioned it on multiple occasions, and it's a million percent true. Just the, the margin right now is is razor thin for Green Bay. Everything needs to be sort of perfect for them to get any sort of momentum going and to get anything going in the right direction. And they just haven't been able to do that with any level of consistency. The offensive line is performing far below expectations. Bakhtiari's been in and out of the lineup with his, uh, you know, kind of the recurring knee issue. Uh, Elton Jenkins was out again this week, and even when he's played, they've tried to move him to right tackle and left guard. Hasn't looked anything like the Pro Bowl caliber guard that he was prior to his ACL injury. Uh, and then guys like John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, haven't developed the way that they expected him to. So it really starts with fundamentals. They can't block up front. They can't tackle on defense. And oh. when you're a team in the National Football League that can't block and can't tackle, it's not exactly a recipe <laughs> for success. Well, and I know that Rodgers mentions – his receiving core and the fact that they've had injuries almost every single time he talks about their challenges. So missing Alan Lazard, he's been in and out. Randall Cobb, uh, he wasn't available for Buffalo either. Christian Watson goes out early because of concussion protocols. And so the two guys who catch touchdowns are both rookies. It's not just about Devontae Adams not being there anymore. It's about a lack of familiarity with a lot of guys who are on the field. Yeah, it's lack of familiarity. And, you know, even some of the guys that are there, again, are coming off of injuries. You know, we, we talked about Bakhtiari. We talked about Jenkins, Robert Tunyon, another player who's coming off a torn ACL from a season right. ago, Kylan Hill. They're running back from last year, still out with an ACL from last year. Uh, so they have a lot of injuries that, you know, even the, the guys that are back are still sort of recovering from those injuries. Uh, you've got a Sammy Watkins, who, while a veteran, is new to the team. You've got three rookie wide receivers. You've got Amari Rogers, who's playing, who really didn't play all that much a season ago at all. So you're still sort of integrating him into the offense. So yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces. And then they basically completely reshuffled this offensive line, moved Yash Nyman to right tackle. Uh, they recently moved John Runyon from left guard to right guard, moved Elton Jenkins back to left guard. So there have been a ton of moving pieces. The wide receivers have all basically been in and out of the lineup. Lazard's hurt. Uh, you know, Watkins has been in and out. Cobb's hurt. So yeah, there, there hasn't been any sort of consistency with this offense. And I think even if everyone was, you know, entirely healthy, I think we would be seeing some of these consistency issues just moving on from Devontae Adams and playing, you know, a little bit of a new style of offense, but add in the injuries and the reshuffling and everything like that. And you can just see this is an extremely disjointed offense at the moment. Andy Herman is the owner of Pack-A-Day podcast and also with the Packer Report. It's a lot to talk about these days. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. So when you hear the rumblings from the defensive players or the reports of rumblings from defensive players and Matt LaFleur actually says out loud that he doesn't anticipate any changes, you know that there's fire somewhere. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, what stands out to you? This has been, you know, certainly, uh, you know, often reported and often talked about on the broadcast as well, but this is a defense that is chock full of talent and, you know, whether it's that the players aren't living up to expectations or uh, maybe they signed or drafted the wrong guys, that's certainly within the realm of possibility as well. 
Uh, but this is first round picks and high priced free agents throughout the entirety of this defense. There is no, you know, random undrafted guy right. or no name player that is at any of these positions. This is Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage, first round pick and free agent signing. This is Razul Douglas, a guy they just put a big contract into. Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, first round pick. Devondre Campbell, big free agent signing this past offseason. Um, Quay Walker, first round pick. Devontae Wyatt, first round pick. Kenny Clark, first round pick. Rashawn Gary, first round pick. Preston Smith, big free agent signing. Like you can go through the majority, like all of this team and find big contracts or first round picks on almost all of them. And when you don't live up to expectations, when you've put so many resources into this, um, you know, there's going to start being questions that are asked. You want the return on investment to all of those picks, all of that money. And right now they're not getting it. And I thought this game against Buffalo, listen, I know Buffalo is a talented team, arguably the best team in all of football. That offense is so dangerous. But uh, I thought this was also just on their own accord, the worst game that they've played as a defense so far in a game that they had to have. There was a lot of jogging, a lot of missed tackles. Darnell Savage, you know, trying to chicken wing uh, a tackle on Josh Allen in the open field and completely misses him entirely. Those are the sort of things that we've just, you know, unfortunately seen far too often uh, through, you know, eight weeks on this season. And it's definitely something that's going to have to, again, get corrected internally. I don't, as you said, with Matt LaFleur, I don't think they're looking to change defensive coordinators at this point. So Mm -hmm. um, it's just going to be up to everyone at 1265 to take more accountability and try to fix it. And like I said, go back to the fundamentals that are sort of escaping them at the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm, accountability, discipline, lack of fundamentals, disjointed performance, which is what we're seeing. A lot of times that goes back to the head coach, Andy. I totally agree. And I think this is the first adversity that we've seen in the Matt LaFleur era. 13 win seasons for the first three uh, years of his career as a head coach. And now, like I said, first time he's ever lost back-to-back games in a regular season. And now he's lost four in a row. So there's a lot of questions. And I think some of the things that are getting brought up as well are now some of the failures towards the end of seasons in his last few seasons and specifically last year when you look at a special teams that was abysmal at the beginning of the season in the middle of the season at the end of the season and it never got corrected and it cost them a game uh, in the playoffs last year against San Francisco the fact that that never got corrected and it cost them at the most inopportune time now is sort of starting to raise questions of all right you know now we've seen some of these tackling issues the blocking issues the disjointedness all of those things and now we're eight weeks into the season and we haven't seen those things start to correct themselves. So I'm right there with you. That falls on the head coach. Matt LaFleur is the first to always take accountability, but you also need to see results and change. And so far that hasn't been the case. And it also falls on your two-time MVP, long tenured quarterback too. Maybe that was what he did in his comments about how guys need to be replaced if they're not going to do it the right way. The personality to me doesn't seem like he's the one who can stir everybody up. Yeah, I don't think he wants to be that, you know, going back to some of the old Packer teams, the Reggie White, the Charles Woodson, the the big emotional leader in the locker room. I think he's all always available for players um, from, you know, all, all reports and all accords. Um, but I, I don't think he wants to be that rah-rah guy. Now, he'll call players out. You know, he'll certainly get upset when things go wrong. Um, but I think he, you know, he leads by example and he, you know, sort of demands a certain level 
um, of productivity and, and attention to detail. And when that doesn't happen, you know, he's, he's one to get upset with players and, and sort of understandably so. So uh, that, that's where I think things are at. And I don't think that's going to change at this point in his career. I don't think he's all of a sudden, but, you know, going to become the, the rah-rah cheerleader, you know, lift <laughs> everyone up in the locker room sort of guy. Um, but he's going to try to lead by example and try to play the best brand of football he can. And as you're mentioning too, that, that that's where some of the blame falls on Rogers. As, as I look at it, I evaluate it. I don't think Rogers is the one to blame for the issues that are going on. However, what I will say is they are paying him to be the solution to the yes, problems that are yes. going on. And uh, that's what I don't see right now. I don't see him being the solution and I don't see him elevating the players around him, which when you're back-to-back -back MVP and you get the biggest contract in league history when he signed, um, that's what you're expected to do. So while I don't necessarily put the blame on him, um, I don't think that he gets, you know, I, I don't think he's done his job to elevate the team and solve those problems, which again is, is what he's responsible for doing when he gets that contract. If not Aaron for the emotional leader, Andy, then who? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, this is what Matt LaFleur wants to be is a player led team. And they have veterans in every single one of these rooms, whether it's Rogers at quarterback, whether it's Aaron Jones at running back. And we could go position by position with the Bakhtiaris and the Kenny Clarks, the Preston Smiths, the Amoses, et cetera. Um, they have leaders in every single one of those rooms. And yet you don't see uh, a true cohesive, you know, leader that's, that's stepping up to the plate and really getting guys going. I know there was reports that Dallin Levitt of all people, uh, was one of the ones that was really trying to get everyone uh, fired up this past week prior to the Bills game and, and following the loss to Washington. Uh, and, and again, right now, the, I think everyone's sort of searching for solutions and trying to see who that guy's going to be, trying to find a galvanizing moment for this team. It's avoided them so far, and they desperately need a win in Detroit this week. It's not as though the schedule gets a heck of a lot easier, though, on the road at Detroit. Then they've got the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. Then it's on the road at the Eagles before they visit Chicago. This is a stacked schedule. It does not get any easier. Yeah, and that's why I think this, this game against Detroit is clearly so important in a must-win game because you lose to Detroit and you lose five in a row and then have to go Dallas, Tennessee, and Philadelphia in three consecutive games. Listen, I don't. the schedule maker, and this is not an excuse for Green Bay, but the schedule makers did Green Bay no favors uh, with having to go to London and then basically coming back for one week, having a three-game road trip, then having Dallas at home, Tennessee – uh, at home, Philly on the road, Chicago on the road before finally getting a bye in week 14. That is a tough stretch of games, a lot of games on the road. And, you know, they didn't really take advantage of, I think, what many would consider, you know, at, at the time at least. And I know it looks a little bit differently now, but uh, some winnable games against the Giants, you know, in a neutral site game and Jets at home. Uh, they didn't take advantage of those. And now they have some really difficult games coming up, including Buffalo this past week where they already lost. And now you get one game against Detroit, which they've been pesky against everyone. They've been pesky against Matt LaFleur in the past. And then you get, of course, again, Tennessee and Philadelphia or Tennessee, Dallas and Philadelphia right after that. So it's not going to get any easier. And, and Green Bay is going to have to find those answers sooner rather than later. Just in a moment of levity, I would love to know. In fact, I might even pay money uh, if we could have the honest answer to Aaron Rodgers' reaction when Vaughn Miller asked them why they were running the ball on, <laughs> on some of the plays late in the game against the Bills. <laughs> yeah, 
and I'm, I'm sort of surprised because everything that Roger says gets parsed with insane detail. Yes. Um, I'm surprised because he said he made some comments or in almost no comments in his post game press conference of, you know, I, I, you know, I ran the game plan that I was asked to run and uh, you know, and I'm obviously paraphrasing here, but like you, you know, wanted to take some more shots down the field, but that wasn't the opportunity that he was given. Um, you could tell, I think that he wanted to air the ball out a little bit more um, and Green Bay stuck to the running, you know, to the running game. I, I sort of agree with Matt LaFleur in, to some extent of what they were trying to do because all season when they've been down in that situation, they've just sort of aired the ball out and took the ball away from Aaron Jones and it has not worked at all. Buffalo was giving them, you know, um, uncrowded boxes and, and good run looks and they were trying to take advantage of it. It didn't work, but I think you could make a strong argument that if they just try to chuck the ball around in a Buffalo defense that was playing two shell and not giving them any passing lanes, I don't know that that game was actually going to go better. I think things could have actually gotten worse. With the Packers, there just don't seem to be a lot of answers right now. Totally agree. And that's where Matt LaFleur is at and where this coaching staff and this offense and Aaron Rodgers and everyone is at is, is they're just trying to find some sort of formula that can stick. And you can see this past week, they clearly had a intention to run the ball and, and try to have probably a ball control offense and try to keep Josh Allen off the field. You know, defensively, they've changed things up at the beginning of the season. They were playing a ton of zone. Um, after that, they went a ton of press man-to-man, moved Jair in the slot, put Razul Douglas back on the outside. This past week, they went back to zone, understandably, because it's almost impossible to play man uh, consecu- you know, consistently against the Bills. And uh, on special teams, they're still changing things up. Like, you can tell the offensive line, as mentioned earlier, they completely reshuffled. They are trying things. They're right. throwing things at the wall to see what can stick. This is not for lack of effort or lack of ingenuity or creativity or trying. Some of the answers have been too late uh, and, and probably been a bit too reactive instead of proactive. But they've been trying things. And as of this point, they have not found a formula that has come close to success. It's a good time to subscribe to Andy Herman's Pack a Day podcast uh, and also catch his musings and his thoughts on the Packer report. So on Twitter, at Andy Herman NFL from Green Bay, where the Packers are in an unfamiliar position, at least uh, in the Matt LaFleur era. Andy, thank you so much for a couple of minutes. It's great to catch up with you. Yeah, likewise. These are always amazing, Amy. Thanks so much. Andy puts the level of concern for the Packers at an 8 to 9. So we'll call it an 8.5. That's on a scale of 1 to 10. Pretty hefty. And I don't think there's a hot seat under Matt LaFleur yet, but I do believe that discipline, accountability, lack of consistency, the overall tone definitely goes back to the head coach. And then the quarterback, who's not the emotional leader, the rah-rah guy like we see with Tom Brady. Well, then if not him, who? And I love the answer that Andy Herman gave. So that'll be part of our podcast after hours, amylawrence.com. Maybe we'll bring back part of it a little bit later in the show. We're now through week eight of the NFL season. Can you believe that week eight? What do you think? We're not quite at the midway point, though. We're getting there. And we're bidding farewell to October in these next few hours. On Twitter, A-Law Radio, also on our Facebook page, Boomer Esiason, our friend Booms, a guest with Peyton and Eli on Monday Night Mannings. And I was laughing out loud in my living room. I told him that. (laughs) We'll hear some of these clips. Things about Boomer I never do. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I do not believe in curses, but I sure know that the deck is stacked against the city of Cleveland. We're in Cleveland. Nothing is easy here. There certainly are moments in Cleveland's history that are part of that city's sports lore. I've lived through the drive, the fumble, and the last series with the Cavs losing. Is that really emblematic of all of Cleveland? You expect the worst to happen? Pretty much. Cleveland rocks. Cleveland rocks. Are the people in Cleveland on drugs? I'm sure not all of them. Steve is listening in Cleveland. You have a real nice way of getting across. Well, that's very sweet. Any compliment I ever get coming from Cleveland means more to me. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Definitely rocking as the Browns end a four-game losing skid, and they're able to do it inside the AFC North 
division. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Really funny earlier uh, because I tweeted about the first half of the game and essentially said it was near perfect from the defense for the Browns. A pair of takeaways, no points. They only give up 100 total yards to the Bengals in that first half. Exactly what the Browns needed. So that was my tweet at halftime. And a guy writes back to me and says, thank you for showing some love to Northeast Ohio. Well, I didn't have the heart to respond and say, you know, that's not what I'm doing, right? (laughs) I'm merely commenting on the first half of a football game. This has nothing to do with the Browns, whether I love them or hate them. Neither one is true. It has nothing to do with giving love to a particular region of the country, people take it and run with it and turn it into something it's not, and it makes me laugh. Uh, Though I suppose it's better than me criticizing a team and having people write back and say, oh, you hate that team. Nope, I'm just responding to what I see. So, yeah, you can't really win a conversation like that, so I, I don't even generally respond anymore. But it is funny that people will take a tweet about the first half of a football game and turn it into me showing love for an entire region of the country. Also, I don't show love or give love or hate or anything else like that. I just talk about sports for a living. It has nothing to do with what I like, what I don't like personally. It's just my job. And I tweet what I see. And a lot of times I tweet so that I'll remember what I'm thinking in that moment. Yeah, it's work. It's not personal. But I didn't write back to him. So if he thinks I'm giving love to Northeast Ohio, then yay me. I do obviously have a ton of family in Northeast Ohio. I don't know if they're still into the Browns or not. Some of them were into the the Steelers. Some were into the Browns. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. I do know that I was very distracted in the first half of this football game. I kept having to rewind and watch plays again uh, because Boomer Esiason was a guest with Peyton and Eli on the Monday Night Mannings on ESPN2. And there were moments that I was laughing out loud in my living room because there are things I found out about our friend Boomer Esiason that I never knew before. Now, I remember watching Boomer play. I remember watching Boomer play in the Super Bowl. I remember his time with the Bengals. I sort of remember his time with the Jets. I don't know that I watched a lot of Jets football uh, before I was in this business. But I certainly remember uh, his larger-than-life personality, the blonde hair, the NFL MVP, the the bright orange that he would wear. I remember all of those things about Boomer Esiason. I did not know that he was in an underwear commercial. Maybe I just never – as a kid, you don't really pay attention to who's hanging out in their underwear on TV. Uh, And I definitely did not know that he was a businessman. (laughs) This conversation unfolded with Peyton and Eli uh, because they were talking about Joe Burrow and his impressions of Cincinnati and why there's so much time to focus on football there. All right, Boomer, we we, we kind of teased it earlier, right? Last season, Joe Burrow said the Bengals were playing so well because there was nothing to do in Cincinnati. (laughs) Were things a little livelier in Cincinnati when you play specifically? Because back then you co-owned the nightclub with Collinsworth that was named, and I'm not making this up, Laboom? Laboom? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Laboom is right, and it was a part of the waterfront. We had a general partner, his name was Jeff Ruby. During the 1987 player strike, I woke up one morning, picked up the Cincinnati Inquirer, and Jeff Ruby banned the entire team from the waterfront, the restaurant that Collinsworth and I owned. 
And I remember saying to Chris, I called him up, I said, Chris, did Jeff actually ban us as well? Because if he did, I'm taking my money out of the restaurant. <laughs> but uh, he took a, he banned the whole entire team because we got into a couple fights in the, in the bar with, I think, a, a as, movie crew that was doing, shooting fresh horses. <laughs> yes. As you should, yeah, as you should. Brilliant. <laughs> I guess Joe might have to uh, get his own nightclub. Yeah, what do you think? You, you recommend, would that be your advice to Joe? He's got to create his own nightclub there in Cincinnati to have a little fun? Uh, Joe's doing fine. You know fine. what? I, I would fine. not recommend that to Joe, no. There were a lot of headaches and there were a lot of unpaid bills by teammates. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Oh, so good. So funny. I had no idea that Boomer was a businessman who was co-owner of a nightclub with Chris Collinsworth called La Boom. <laughs> what a name. There are so many connotations in La Boom. Also, as I say, I do not remember that Boomer was an underwear model. Uh, I do remember, as I say, the the blonde hair and the fact that he was he was big time and he was an NFL MVP and he was a quarterback and yada, yada, yada. And so, of course, he was very popular when he played. But somehow this part escaped me. Boomer, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but Peyton likes to endorse and do a lot of commercials. And I think he also is thinking about uh, rating other players when they're in a commercial and how well they do. Back in the day, you did some commercials for Haynes. How would you, uh, was this underrated acting right here? What do you think? I was all about the beefcake, boys. Oh I wasn't about gosh. the acting. Sorry about that. Me and we, my Newfoundland We've got to cut my, that, Jay. Uh, my underwear commercial. Have you guys ever done an underwear commercial? Never been asked. Never been asked. <laughs> I think I went audible out. Of, I think I went Omaha out of that one if they asked me for sure. <laughs> yes, you would be. Uh, Omaha, Omaha. Yes. Omaha, real fast. <laughs> okay, so we could put it. Uh, it's on YouTube. This exchange between Boomer and Peyton and Eli with his commercial. Uh, I thought about turning my head, my eyes. I'm seeing one of my coworkers is in, in his undies and his tidy whiteies. And so you hear the music, and he's laying on a couch, and his his Newfoundland dogs come jumping up onto the couch where he's just lounging in his underwear. And once the dogs get down, Boomer very suggestively turns his butt to the camera and his butt with his tidy white, he's just pointing at the camera. This feels all wrong. I cannot believe I'm talking about this with Boomer Esiason. The boom? <laughs> anyway, it was, yes, it definitely la boom. It was out there for the world to see. So I suppose if you wanted to retweet the commercial from our show account after our CBS, I cannot, of course, be associated with retweeting a commercial with Boomer's tidy whiteies. It's just very wrong for me to even be thinking about this. Someone's going to call HR or PR or something. We didn't but, ask for this. No, we did not ask to be subjected to this. My eyes. Anyway, Boomer was amazing. He was so funny. I texted him and told him that I was laughing out loud in my living room and he sent me back a bunch of emojis. <laughs> Boomer does love his emojis. And so, yes, it was a 1990 Haynes commercial and who knew that at some point I'd be working with Boomer and have the chance to tease him about, yeah, you know what? Never mind. I'm not going to bring it up. I think I might blush. He probably wouldn't, but I think I would blush asking Boomer about his underwear commercial.
that just got splashed all over TV and internet for the world to see again. <laughs> I told Jay, Jay asked me when is Boomer on, and I told him that I would text him. I texted Jay, he's on now, he's on now. And of course he looks perfect, because that's Boomer. It's like 40 years later, the man still looks absolutely perfect. He looks good. He, he's flawless, seriously. And uh, he had a good setting there. I know he was worried about his Zoom connection and whether or not it was going to be like off mic. And so he wanted it to be a good connection. And I think the guys really enjoyed him. They kept him on for most of the first quarter and second quarter. And then at the end, Peyton was like, you were awesome, Boom. You were awesome, <laughs> which was really cool. I'm proud of Boomer. I just don't know how I feel about seeing an underwear. I don't know, know how I feel about seeing Boomer in an underwear commercial. <laughs> I was all about the beefcake, boys. Oh, my God. That's true about Boomer, I'm pretty sure. Wait, there's the uh, the best part is the the next, like, little kick when he's, like, not about the acting. I was all about the beefcake, boys, not about the acting. <laughs> I was all about the beefcake, boys. I wasn't about the acting. <laughs> so, Boomer. Okay, big man on campus, still the NFL MVP, the blonde quarterback. Just admit it, Jay, you were jealous of Beefcake Boomer. I mean, he looked good. Oh, my. Wait, in the underwear commercial or on the his Zoom call? Um, you know, give or take. <laughs> so funny. All right, check out our show, Twitter, After Hours CBS. I can't wait till Boomer gets to work in the morning. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. It's a touchdown Tuesday on After Hours. Firing for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown. Takes it himself to the pylon. Touchdown. One man to beat 10. He's gone. They throw in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Made a guy miss. He's inside the five. He's to the three to one. Touch the center salting into the end zone. To cast your vote for the TD of the week, head to at After Hours CBS on Twitter or give us a call at 855-212-4227. The Dallas Cowboys. So it's third and 16 at the Chicago 19. Fields in the gun. Back to throw. Parsons coming. He flushes out left, he stops, he dumps it short to the 25, still moving Montgomery, fumble the ball, recovered by Dallas, Micah Parsons is on the ball. And he's still, he's still alive. He's still running, he's still moving with the ball, to the 10, to the 5, to the goal line, 
Parsons recovered a fumble and brought it all the way back. The San Francisco 49ers. Kittle in, is inside of Ayuk, right? They motion McCaffrey backwards pass to McCaffrey. And he's going to throw downfield wide open. Brandon Ayuk! Touchdown! San Francisco! He Ayuk, can run! Ayuk, he can Ayuk catch! Is on fire. Fire. Christian McCaffrey can throw! The Seattle Seahawks. Gino going to throw again. On first down, pump fake, going to throw deep, got a man in the corner, it is Lockett, touchdown, Seahawks! What a drive led by Geno Smith! The Carolina Panthers. Walker remains in the gun, three-man rush, takes the snap, drops back, rolls to his left, he's flushed, loads up. Airs it deep downfield for DJ Moore. Behind his man. Oh, oh he got it. Yeah. And caught the ball. <laughs> DJ Moore <laughs> caught the ball. How did that happen? Oh, my goodness. Touchdown, <laughs> Carolina. This is amazing. Man, there are so many touchdowns that we had to eliminate from our TD of the Week contest. In fact, we left out two game-winning touchdowns. Taylor Heineke with the one-yard QB sneak in the final seconds of the Commanders' rally past the Colts. And really the big shot was the 33-yarder to scary Terry with 40 seconds to go. Uh, But obviously, Heineke still had to get into the end zone. So we left out that Commanders TD. We also left out the Broncos and Latavius Murray getting into the end zone to cap that long drive late in the game against the Jaguars in London. So I expect that there will be fans who are upset, and I certainly expect that there will be write-in votes. But these are the four TDs that we chose for various reasons. The Micah Parsons touchdown where he recovers a fumble. Justin Fields hurdles over him. No one from the Bears touches him. He gets up and weaves his way through traffic into the end zone. Yeah, that fumble recovery for a score. It's got to be one of the crazier moments of the entire week eight. Brad Sham and Babe Laufenberg on Cowboys Radio. Christian McCaffrey with his own unique piece of history as the Niners defeat the rival Rams in L.A. And that was the first of his three touchdowns. Who knew Christian McCaffrey could throw like that? That's Greg Papa and Tim Rice on Niners Radio as he tosses a long shot to Brandon Ayuk. Tyler Lockett, what a wild Sunday night he had. Not Sunday night, sorry. What a wild Sunday he had. And we talked about it a bunch here on the show where he first fumbles a sure touchdown, has another touchdown pass, hit him in the face mask and go through his hands until finally he hauls in the game winner from Geno Smith in the fourth quarter. Steve Rabel on Seahawks Radio. And then the Hail Mary, the promise of what could have been PJ to DJ, except that DJ took off his helmet so everybody could see who he was, resulting in an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty and a 15-yard pushback on the point-after attempt, which was then missed by Eddie Pinheiro, sending them into overtime, and you know the rest. The Falcons prevail in OT, but still, a Hail Mary deserves to go in our TD of the Week poll. So you can now vote on Twitter, After Hours CBS or on our Facebook page. 
Uh, and I, I just love the fact that we have more TDs than we can choose from. That's the best part about it. And we'll reveal your choice come the hump show. 855-212-4227. That's our toll-free line. I'll talk some week eight scraps. <laughs> now that the dust is settling on week eight, I have a lot of thoughts jumbled up in my head and look forward to talking about them with you. So either find us on Twitter or Facebook. You can vote still for... Mortified on Monday. Who's the most miserable and mortified on Monday? And then our TD of the week. We've got more with Peyton and Eli and Boomer Esiason as we head through the show. Like I said, I'm not sure that I'm going to bring it up in person. Maybe I'll just pretend like I didn't know. Actually, he already knows that I know because I texted him about La Boom and Beefcake. And so he he knows that I was watching. But it's just a little odd to be having a conversation with a coworker about his underwear commercial. No? Is that a situation that that males are comfortable in? I uh, haven't found myself in that situation yet in my working career, but <laughs> I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he comes in and brings it up himself. Well, right? on, the, on the radio show, he will. Even in the newsroom out here. You think? He'll just be like, hey, everyone see me in the underwear commercial last night. Oh, I can totally see that I happening. think that he would strut his stuff, but I don't think he would bring it up. I don't but know. But I think he'll laugh if someone else brings it up. But as the only female who's here in the morning, other than Allie, who does makeup for uh, the, the New York yeah, morning show. I don't think show, she'll bring it up. No, I don't. Well, she might. Maybe. I mean, they're, they're pretty good friends, too. Or he'll bring it up. But either way, <laughs> either way, I'm not sure I will, because I think I would blush. I don't want to be talking to boomer size in about a underwear commercial what if you started it off with like the laboom a, a club and then kind of uh, i might start it off with it. beefcake huh <laughs> well yeah <laughs> <laughs> then kind of ease into the uh, underwear i'm like, all the about the beefcake boys <laughs> what <laughs> that's so boomer if you know anything about him he is definitely one of those guys who would drop the one-liners when he has to remind people that he was an nfl mvp quarterback and apparently uh was all the rage, the underwear commercials. And the best thing that's so funny, too, is that Peyton and Eli, of course, have never been asked to be in underwear commercials. And Peyton's like, I'd have to audible out of that. I'd have to call an Omaha real fast. That's a great line by Peyton. <laughs> yes. And I love that Boomer gave us the drop, too. Omaha. Omaha. I mean, he didn't I say. I was all about the beefcake, boys. I wasn't about the acting. <laughs> You can just hear the ego, just yes. the ego coming through. It's dripping with ego right there. Very smug. You know, this was a big deal for a 61-year-old Boomer Esiason who still is very relevant and is a great guy. I tell, I tell people all the time, he's one of the nicest people I've met in my 10 years at CBS Sports Radio. He's very kind to me. We, we are good friends. <laughs> but... He definitely has the NFL MVP swag about him, and this is just going to add to it. I'm all about the beefcake, boys. I'm not about the acting. Oh. It's After Hours, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 